Do you want to live freely and lightly in your purpose and passion? More than ever, we need to learn to live in rhythms that help move us forward. Welcome to the Exhale Podcast. This is Holly Newton, founder of Exhale Women, and I am your host. I have invited three co-hosts, Annalise Lillard, Annette Yanez, and Cassie Cooper to join me here. We need God's rhythms of grace to live in His strength. What He builds, He sustains. We can't do it without Him. We have some incredible guests lined up, and we can't wait to share these conversations with you. Welcome to the Exhale Podcast. Welcome back to the Exhale Podcast. Today, we're talking with Katie Reed. Katie is a firstborn overachiever and a modern-day Martha. As an avid blogger at katiemreed.com, Katie provides posts, articles, letters, and other resources for try-hard women on an ongoing basis. She encourages others to unwind in God's presence through her writing, as well as through her speaking, as they find grace in the unraveling life. Katie has published articles with HuffPost, Focus on the Family, I Believe, Crosswalk, Mops, Encourage, God-Sized Dreams, Inspiring Families, and many other websites. She is also a contributing writer for iBelieve.com and Lightworkers.com and has been syndicated on ForEveryMom.com. Katie is a devoted wife of a youth pastor and a homeschooling mother of five children who resides in the middle of Michigan. Katie, welcome. Holly, thanks so much for having me. It's great to be here. Well, I appreciate you taking time out of your very busy schedule, as it is clear, <laughs> to speak with Exhale Women. I have wanted to have you on as a guest for a while now, and the time has finally come. So we're just going to hop into the conversation. Well, tell us, first of all, though, what are you doing today? What's up in Michigan? Well, the weather is still gorgeous, although I hear this weekend we might have to start our wood stove. So I'm just enjoying the sunshine. Um, my daughter's a senior this year and she has a swim meet. So I'm going to go to that later today. She PR'd last swim meet in two events. And so she's pretty pumped. Um, and spending time with you. It's such a fun day. Oh, that's exciting. Well, I'm a I'm always excited to, um, you know, hop on Zoom. Um, I tell our listeners all the time, you know, we get to see each other's faces. And so it's, that's always so fun just to feel like you're sitting talking, you know, about the things of God over a cup of coffee or, <laughs> you know, uh, Coke, whatever is your drink. You know, chai latte has been my drink of choice lately. So oh, nice. I'm imag I'm imagining that's what I have right now. Oh, that sounds good. I, I just had a latte at a coffee shop meeting a friend. And I think I'm over latte for the day. <laughs> so I'm on to water. <laughs> well, I want to hop into this conversation about your book, Made Like Martha Good News for the Women Who Get Things Done. This is such a unique book. Um, let's just start by sharing. I would love for you to share, you know, why do you think the story of Mary and Martha in Luke 10 causes so many women to feel guilty, Katie? Well, just in case the listeners don't know the story, just to give a recap, you know, Luke 10, 38 through 42, Jesus is visiting the home of these two sisters who live in Bethany, Mary and Martha. Mary's sitting, listening at Jesus' feet. Martha, I imagine, is scurrying around trying to get all the, you know, hospitality ready for this group. And she says to Jesus, you know, hey, I'm left here to do all this alone. Tell my sister to help me. And Holly, I really wanted him to tell her, <laughs> or to, you know, I wanted him to tell Mary, yes, Mary, go help your sister. She needs help. But that's not what happens. He says, Martha, Martha, you're worried and distracted about so many things. But one thing is necessary, and Mary has chosen it. 
Well, Holly, you can imagine that as a firstborn girl, as a doer, as someone who's made like Martha, when I read this, it made me, well, kind of ticked, honestly, because I'm like, she needs some help. But also, it kind of made me feel like maybe something's wrong with me because I relate to Martha. And it felt like Mary was getting rewarded. Or almost like I added to what scripture said, and I was like, you know, bad Martha, good Mary, or like he loved Mary more. I mean, these were lies that I believed, and sometimes we've heard messages like this from the pulpit or read other books like it. And so, then it's like, if you're in a room and you're like, hey, who's more like Mary? People are probably more apt to raise their hand because that feels like the right answer. And so, I wanted to take a closer look at like, what was Jesus really saying here and what was he not saying? And it was surprising to find like, hey, he loved Martha and Mary and their brother Lazarus. It says that in John eleven five, And he also disciplines those he loves. So, the love, his love for Martha was not in question. Actually, it's proved his love, right? Because he was willing to correct her. And I don't believe he was asking her to stop working even. I think it was more about her heart posture. Wow. <clears throat> that is, I think some of us can really identify with what you're saying. I think more than we would think could. I, I have had some of the same thoughts. Um, it's all about the heart posture, isn't it? Well, you know, we would naturally or usually assume that Jesus is criticizing Martha for working too hard. But would you say that's true? Well, like I said, I think it was more about what was going on on the inside. Because whether we're standing or sitting or resting or working, you know, we want to do that to the glory of God. And so, Martha used some language like, Lord, don't you care? My sister's left me to do everything alone. Those two statements, Holly, Lord, don't you care? I mean, how many of us, if we're honest, have said something like that to the Lord? Lord, don't you care this trial I'm going through? Don't you care? about the lack I'm experiencing. Don't you care that I feel like the weight of the world is on my shoulders? And then she also says, I've been left alone. And I call this the hired help mentality. Or it, some people call it the orphan spirit or an outlook of scarcity. It's like, if I don't do it, nobody will. If I don't do it, you know, if we don't do it the quote unquote right way, it's all going to fall apart. And so, I believe that in that moment, Jesus was more like cupping her face you know, metaphorically saying, Martha, Martha. And Holly, I used to read it like, Martha, Martha, you know, like this growl almost. But I think just like a good father would tenderly put his, you know, kid up on his knee and just say, Martha, Martha, like there's a better way here. And a beautiful thing is when I was doing some research, he says in a couple translations that Mary has chosen the good part. Holly, that word part one of the definitions is a spiritual inheritance. And so, it's like Mary had chosen that spiritual inheritance. And I believe kind of the bigger picture was Mary was acting like a daughter, not a slave. And so, I think that he was inviting Martha to daughtership. And when we understand who God is and who we are in light of Him, there's still work to do. There are still to-do lists, but we begin to do those as a response to his love and gratitude for his love, not in a way to strive and try to earn his love. 
Boy, that is so true because he does not call us to earn his love. He already loved us. And I think, you know, you're just so onto it with this book because it is an easy story to cause confusion in, you know, our hearts and our minds if we don't really sit with the Lord and understand his heart, right? In right. Matter. And, you know, like in today's times, we face comparison. We face striving, <laughs> right? Right. Like if we're not doing it that way, is it acceptable or pleasing? And God created us all so unique. But, you know, just going back to the fact that it is the heart of the matter, it's the heart he looks to. And he looks to us through his his love and his grace and him wanting us to understand our identity. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, I think about with my kids, like we're we're working through some um, technology issues with our kids, right? And I'm always like, listen, we are pioneers in this. Parents have really had to parent with kids that have had phones, you know, like this, smartphones like this. And so I was telling them, if I didn't love you and I didn't care, I would just give it to you and give you no instructions. I would just say, have at it. My friend Jamie Amrine and I, um, wrote a resource, or it's a course, an e-course called Socialize You. And it's really to address this with parents of so many times there's kind of that threat, you know, and with Jesus in this instance with Martha, it's out of care that he was setting these boundaries for her and saying, there's a different way. And I don't even think he was asking her to stop serving in this moment, because unless they were going to fast, or unless he was going to multiply loaves and fishes, someone had to cook, right? But I think he was inviting her to sit down on the inside and rest in who he was. And that Mary was doing the thing that she was supposed to be doing in that moment, you know, of learning from Jesus, which was actually super countercultural for a woman to be sitting and learning from him. Well, he always did things the way we wouldn't expect, right? Absolutely. <laughs> and the story goes on today. <laughs> well, um, I love that, you know, sitting at his feet, resting in him is what um, the exhale ministry was based on. And, you know, how the Lord spoke to me to create space for women just to come and rest and receive. And, you know, it doesn't really... Rest doesn't have to look like taking a nap, although sometimes we need a nap, <laughs> but we can work in rest in his rhythms. And I, you know, the story is so beautiful to me and your, your, you know, the way you teach it and the way you speak about it, because it really does exhibit the, the true rest of Jesus. So I, I have to ask you, what drew you to write this book? Well, I think because I was wired that way, I'm like, there's got to be some good news here, <laughs> right? <laughs> and and I just think so many women that are those kind of high-achieving, highly capable women, I think often we know how to act like a mother, whether we are a literal mother or not. We can pour out, we can nurture, but you just use that word receive. God told me once, he's like, you don't really know how to be a daughter, do you? Because even from a young age, I took on responsibilities that weren't even mine to manage because I'm like, God, I got it. You can count on me. I'm your girl. And so he took me on this journey of what does it mean to be a daughter? And one of the things he showed me is that grace 
is a gift to be received. It's not a prize to be earned. He earned that prize right on the cross through sacrifice. And my part your part, the listener's part is to receive. And when you're a get it done woman, just opening your hands and receiving or opening your hands and surrender, it does not come naturally. You know, we want to check those things off the list. We want to prove and earn and do and be productive and to just receive can feel very disorienting, but it really is what salvation is. It's like we got a, a failing grade and Jesus said, I'm going to take your failing grade and give you an A plus instead, you know, that we did not deserve. And so, receiving is so important to, I think, that resting on the inside, even when we're doing a lot of things during the day. Oh, so true. So true. Well, <clears throat> you hit a buzzword for me um, in that. This season, we've been talking of the Exhale podcast, we've been talking about surrender. And surrender looks like a lot of things, and it looks like something different to every single person. So, Katie, would you mind sharing with us like what has been a big surrender in your life or a surrender story? Yeah. So, I was once training for a half marathon, <laughs> and I'm a very, very slow runner. It's like I'm a jogger, and most people could walk faster than I jog. But I was in this season where I was, you know, writing and striving in my work. I was staying up really late, getting up early, and I honestly was a workaholic. And it, when you're a workaholic from home, not everyone sees it, but your most important people do. And I knew there were things I could do to change, but it was like true signs of an addict. It's like I knew what I should do, but lacked the follow through. And so I remember running on the dirt roads near our home and I prayed that scary prayer, Holly, of, okay, Lord, I surrender. I can't make these changes on my own. Would you draw my heart home? And I didn't know what was going to come my way, Holly, but it was a scary kind of like unclench my hands, scarily, you know, but I knew it was the right thing to do. And um, I think about kind of the prodigal son, you know, where he had squandered his wealth and he's coming home and he's like, just treat me like the hired help, right? I don't deserve it. And I kind of felt that way of like, God, I've made bad choices. You know, I've been putting my worth in my work and all of this. And you know what happened, Holly? <laughs> Instead of punishment, he gave me new life. And the way he did that was my husband and I, we were in a crazy season. We had just moved and we snuck a getaway, you know, away. And it was, we didn't even know if it's going to happen. And threw some caution to the wind. And at 38 years old, I was pregnant with our fifth child. And I had morning sickness for the first time. Well, guess what? When you don't feel well, you stay home. And even though maybe that was part of the consequence, who knows? But for him to give me a gift when I deserved consequence was such a sweet picture of grace. And it was because of that surrender. And so now we have this little, you know, we call her our songbird, our youngest, and she's so full of joy. And God gave that gift when, again, I needed a spiritual spanking, but it shut me up in the best kind of way because it drew my heart home, not just literally, but spiritually too. 
And isn't God so kind like that? I know that there's some listening, they're like, well, that hasn't happened for me. That must be nice. But there is gift in surrender. And we don't know what the results will be, but it is actually the most peaceful place to be, knowing that we are agreeing that God is in charge. He knows what He's doing, even if we don't understand. And He is going to cause us to grow in those times, in ways we never would if we just demand our own way. Oh, that is so good. <clears throat> and, and it is so true. You know, we think of surrender, I think the world thinks of surrender as a sign of weakness, you know, but as believers, it's a sign of spiritual strength to go, okay, God, I'm going to trust you. You know what I found too is even when I can't fully say I fully trust you, I can say I surrender because I I know that's best. Now help me <laughs> to trust you. Yes, for sure. I've never sur- I've been thinking about this. I've never surrendered anything that he's asked me to or anything I knew I should when he hasn't filled me back up with the best things you know, with, with, with his purposes, his plans, or even just with peace where there may not have been peace, but I might've been hanging on because it just made sense. Mm -hmm. And so I love that story. And look, you literally have a tangible life that was birthed out of that surrender. Right. And our daughter's name is Larkin and it means spiritual freedom. And so it's like, she's this memorial stone in our life of what God did of kind of that flipping the script and just saying, how about this? You know, how about this new life? How about I bring you closer when you're struggling? I think a lot of times we keep God at bay when we're struggling, but he just wants to put us up on his lap, say, you know, Martha, Martha, Holly, Holly, Sarah, Sarah, there's a better way. Yeah. He invites us in. Isn't that right? You know, I, um, a, a misconception for me for early years was, you know, come, come with it all together, <laughs> but that's not right. it at all. And think about even like as a mom or as a friend, if someone's hurting, we're going to go to them, right? We, we want to help them. <laughs> we want right. them to receive rest and peace. You know, we're not going to just be whacking them over the head saying, get it right. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, and in the story of the prodigal, you know, the father is watching for him to return and he reinstates him. He's like, no, you're not going to be the hired help. You're a, you're still my son. And I'm going to show it to you by putting this robe on you and this ring on your hand. And it's just such a picture of grace. Yes. Yes. I love that. Well, you know, on a practical level, let's talk about this. Um, we're busy. <laughs> You know, the world has reopened back up. Um, People are busy. And I I think, you know, to a degree that we've learned the lessons, but I think to another degree, sometimes it's really tempting to get back to, quote, normal for people because it it just feels like it's more comforting, you know, or Mm -hmm. like what you were doing, like it makes sense. But I'm really cautious about this, this thing (laughs) of not filling my calendar with so much, not saying yes to everything, but 
still being very selective with what is God saying to say yes to, because there's a lot of things I want to do. There's a lot of, I have a lot of vision, you know, but if I, I'm not careful, <laughs> I'll fill my calendar with the things to do rather than sitting at the feet of Jesus where I know is best for me. And, you know, it's a discipline, but, um, I've learned through mistake, you know, that I'm a much better version of myself <laughs> when I'm sitting at his feet first, making sure I'm hearing his instruction. So on a practical level, how do you think, um, you know, we can sit at Jesus' feet even when our days are busy and we're trying to accomplish God-given callings? Yeah. Well, I think there's three powerful words that we all are very familiar with, but maybe don't use as much as we should. And the first is yes. You know, you're like, well, Katie, how's that going to help me narrow things down? But we want to say yes to God's assignments. And I remember being at a retreat and this woman said, write down everything you're doing right now. And Holly, I took pride in writing all these things. And then she said, now circle only the things that you can do. And there weren't very many of those, you know, it was like a wife, a mom to, you know, my family, et cetera. There were things that other people could do. And she said, at at least 60 to 80% capacity, if someone else can do it, you know, unless God has clearly told you to do it, let it go. And so it was an interesting exercise. So we want to say yes to his God-given assignments, but we also want to say no to guilt and manipulation. Sometimes we are saying yes to things because we want to look good, because we're afraid someone else is going to be mad, but maybe they have an unrealistic expectation of us. Or maybe we say yes, because it doesn't sound like a big deal in the moment. But when we start executing it, we're like, oh, that yes equals eight hours of my time that I don't have. So yes to God-given assignments, no to guilt and manipulation, no to the things that he has not asked us to carry. And like you said, that comes from spending time with him, slowing down enough to listen to his voice, getting wise counsel in our life, reading scripture that we can stand on to know what to do. And then the last one is maybe the hardest, and it's help. And we women, especially who get things done, help is not often something that we say. And I think we think it's a sign of weakness, but like you talked about with surrender, it's actually a sign of strength to move out of the way enough to let someone else come help you and realize they might not help you in the way, exactly the way you envisioned. But here's a, just a very small example. When I started writing, my husband told the kids, mom's not doing the dishes anymore. She needs time. Like something has to give. Adam's really good about that. He said, if you're going to add that, what's coming off? And so they started loading the dishwasher and it was not exactly how I imagined. I like it very tidy. And so at first I was kind of redoing it. And then I just had to let go because actually when you step back and let someone help, they're going to grow in their leadership skills or their dishwash loading skills, whatever it is. And so delegation is not weak. It's actually wise because we are not made to do it all. We are not the savior. You know, God has given us specific things. I always joke with people. I'm like, I am not the cake decorator because something had to give, right? And my sister-in-law is great at it. My daughter's great. But even though there's all these opportunities as women now, which is very exciting, it doesn't mean we should say yes to every opportunity we scroll by or we encounter. And you're right. It's a discipline and takes discernment to know, okay, what is my yes because when we say yes to some things, we're saying no to others. And we want to get that right, especially with the people closest to us and with, obviously, the Lord first and foremost. 
Yes, yes, yes. You are preaching a good sermon right there, Katie. <laughs> it's true. It's true. We have got to let go of this idea that we'll just do it all because we're really not helping anyone and we're harming ourselves and, and those around us. You know, we, we have to have balance in, in our days and our lives to, to be our best version, to run with perseverance, <laughs> to run with strength. So, oh, I have loved this conversation. So I would love for you to tell our listeners where's the best place to connect with you and where they can get this book. Sure. Well, if they go to Katie M, M is in Martha, read reid.com. They can find my book Made Like Martha there. It does have a five-week Bible study in the back as well. If you're looking for um, something for a book club or Bible study. And then I also have a Christmas novel called A Very Bavarian Christmas. And that is just a fun, uplifting read. And I think it's important for those of us that are wired to get things done to kick back and rest. And so my hope is with the novel too, it'll just recharge. And we talk a lot in the novel about saying yes to the yes of Christmas because that's what Jesus did, right? He said yes to us and made a way so that we can say yes to him. Oh, I love that. I'm going to go order that as soon as we're done with this podcast. I need something like that in my life. <laughs> I've already, I, I'm that person, I've already lit the Christmas candle and it won't be far off when I pray, play the first Christmas song. So <laughs> with all the shipping stuff going on, I think people are like Christmas shopping right now because they're not so. sure if they're going to get, get their stuff. So I think there could be some Christmas trees up before Halloween this year. I think probably so. I think so. Well, I'm going to get you a novel. That sounds amazing. And then um, I, I would just love for you to share, you know, what you're doing now, Katie. Like, yeah, so I host the Martha and Mary Show podcast where my co-host, she's more like Mary, I'm more like Martha. We have conversations with each other. And so that's a great place to connect. Right. And then, like I said, my friend Jamie and I have resources for parents. That's at changeyourmindchangeeverything.org. Okay. And um, I'm worship leading at our church. And so that has, you know, been exciting and that's taking up time um, in a good way. Mm -hmm. And I have many book ideas. We will see what happens. But um, I was just talking to someone like, you got to help me sort through this because I cannot do all the things. What is the best yes here? <laughs> Love it. Well, um, we will be sure to include uh, links in the show notes for all of this. And thank you so much for sharing your heart with us today. Thank you for giving us some little bit of behind the scenes in the book. And just you've really, you've really blessed me today. So thanks, Katie, for coming on. And thank thanks you guys. so much. Yes, you're thank welcome. you so much, Holly. Thank you. And thank you for tuning in. We will see you next time. Thanks so much for listening to the show. We are here for you. You can find me super easy at Holly A. Newton on Instagram and Holly Newton Official on Facebook. I'd love to connect with you and hear how the show is encouraging you. And let's help others find the show so that they can also be encouraged in their purpose and passions. There's a couple of ways you can do that. One by subscribing and another is by rating and reviewing the show wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. And two, you can even screenshot, share in your stories, text it to your friends and family. And be sure to tag me at Holly A. Newton on on the socials so we can connect.